Hey, hey, welcome to Living That Track Life. I'm the real Coach Nicole Lincoln, two-time AAU National Coach of the Year and your host. Woman extraordinaire, mother of eight. Yes, eight kids, six girls and two boys. Teacher of 25 years, middle school. Yep, I'm crazy. And a track and field athlete. Well, I'm a master athlete now. I still compete. I still do my thing. Coach, middle school, high school, and club. Balancing act, that is. And most importantly, awesome parent. On my social media, I share stories and news about the organization I manage, Rush Athletics USA. And I also share stories and news about the wonderful athletes I have the honor to coach. But today, it's a little different. I have the opportunity to share my story and give you a look behind the scenes of the making of me, Coach Mom, and how it all started. In season one, I will bring you some actionable insights on what steps to take to be a successful athlete or coach or parent of an athlete and what mistakes to avoid. You will hear the good, the bad, and the ugly side of living that track life and what I would do differently if I could do it all over again. I hope that through my life, you can see similar successes and avoid those pitfalls. Please laugh with me, cry with me, even get angry with me, but don't quote me on anything. I'm just being me and keeping it real. This podcast is brought to you by Rush Athletics USA. Stay ready. Fall, cross country, and off-season track and field in person and virtual programs offered to help you stay ready for competition. Find more information at ilrushclub.org. Again, that's ilrushclub.org. I have heard this comment by so many people. I'm new at track and field, and I'm not sure where to start or even how this track and field stuff works. Coach Lincoln, how did you get started? How did you become Coach Mom? Well, let's see. Where should we start? Well, let's start at the questions. Let's start there. You know, I get from aspiring parents, athletes, and coaches these common questions. Too many questions are in their head, and they simply get frustrated with the process uh, due to lack of knowledge and understanding. Today, in part one of a two-part series, I will share my beginnings, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Part two, you get to listen to my children. Well, those who aren't shy, tell their perspective or their side of Coach Mom their experience with Coach Mom. But first, let me tell you my off-the-record story of how I got started in being Coach Mom. So I'm going to take you way back. Let's go way back when I was a little girl. Um, Every parent 
has aspirations for their child or children. Those could be interests that the parent is involved in or interests that the parent never had a chance to explore. For me, I always loved running for as long as I can remember. I must have been at least seven years old, very wiry, average height, Mickey Mouse ponytails. Yeah, two those two little puffballs on the side of my head. I call them Mickey Mouse ponytails. Running the south side of Chicago streets, challenging any boy to race. The girls I beat, so they wouldn't challenge me, but the boys loved to challenge me, and I beat them all. I'm going to tell you, I ran 80th and Evans on the south side of Chicago, barefoot. I ran that block. No one had the speed, the confidence, and the charisma that I had. That's where I remember I found my love for running. From there, I ran for track I ran track in my middle school and high school. And I got to tell you this story. The story of me calling myself a sprinter. And, you know, I get this a lot as well. I'm quite sure a lot of track coaches get this too. You have either this parent or this athlete come up and say, Coach, I'm a sprinter. Now, remind you, this is me. I don't run anything over 200 meters. And everybody knows, well, if you're in track and field and you're a coach and athlete, possibly parent, everybody knows that a track is 400 meters all the way around. And my coach would be, would, would say, well, I don't know how that's possible because we practice a mile, which means you would have to run four laps around this track to get your mile in. And I looked at my coach and I said, coach, I'm a sprinter. I don't run anything over 200 meters. And I kid you not, I would run 200 meters eight times being creative. I never ran a full lap out of the three years of high school. And I have to tell you about the fourth year at um, first at giving my shouts out to Glenbard South and Fenton High School for my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I would just run from the start of the 200, which is the curve, all the way to the finish line, turn around and jog all the way from the finish line back up to the start of the 200, turn around, and I would do that eight times to get my mile warm-up. Never completed a full lap, ever. And I was really honored that my coaches allowed me to do that. Instead of slapping my hand and shunning me, you know, they saw greatness and potential in me and took that. I was creative and a hard worker and I was going to get that work done. Even if I creatively made my own (laughs) practice plan and put that work in. And that's, definitely sealed my heart with track and field. But that changed when my favorite event, which was the 200 meter hurdles, my senior year at, I got to give my shout out here, 
Glenbard North High School is where I graduated, where my coaches came to me and said, listen, we know that you're a 200-meter hurdler, but we've got some news to share. That 200-meter hurdle that you also love is now 300-meter hurdles. And my eyes must have bucked. Wide eyes looked at them like, are you kidding me? And they're like, so what are you going to do? Because you only sprint 200 meters. And I just swallowed my pride and said, well, I guess I'm going to have to practice 300 meters now. And then they had another bombshell that fell on me. Well, since you have upgraded to, you know, doing these 300 hurdles, you know, when you get to college, you got to run 400 meter hurdles. And I'm thinking, what? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm going from 200 meter hurdles, being a 200 meter sprinter to now I've got to do 300 meter hurdles my senior year. And when I go into college a year later, I've got 400 meter hurdles. Oh my gosh. I can tell you that 400 meter hurdles, my freshman year of college was my challenge. My whole outlook changed. My world was consumed with wanting to compete in the Olympics. So I ate, slept, trained, lived that track life until I met the misters and had my first kid. So let's fast forward to me training five kids, all under the age of five. Yes. Those were the crazy times, with the oldest being five and the youngest being one. Since my mom instilled in me reading magazines and introduced me to Ranger Rick, Tulip Times, and Highlight, I introduced those same magazines to my children. It was in Tulip Times magazine that I saw an ad about a track meet for kids that they were hosting in Indianapolis, Indiana. That was the spark that began or ignited Coach Mom, the beginnings of Coach Mom. It was very exciting because I had an opportunity to introduce my kids to a sport that I was in love with. And that opened up a lot of doors for us. So let's look at the good. It was a good feeling, a good feeling for me to coach my kids. For my kids to be a part of events that I still competed in and had experienced. All of my kids were sprinters. You couldn't tell me otherwise. Everybody was sprinters. Almost like, you're a sprinter, you're a sprinter, you're a sprinter, and you're a sprinter. Everybody sprinted. Of course, they were only babies. So they ran the 100, the 200, like mom, and I might have introduced them to the 400. It was 
great to travel with my kids to U.S. cities and watch them run with success. And at that very first track meet, the Tulip Time Games, I think it was called, all of the kids had great success. But the youngest runner ran and was in last place in every single event. And I remember them taking a picture of her and her making the paper with this big old smile on her face coming in last place at the Tulip Time Games. From there, I started looking for any and every track meet to to get my kids into. But because they were young, there really wasn't much during that time for little kids under the age of five. But Chicago that year had the Little Feet track meet. And that was the second track meet that my kids had an opportunity to run in. This time I was ready. Everybody had color-coordinated t-shirts and shorts and the whole nine yards. They were all ready. We invited all of our family members to come out and watch the kids run. And we just had a great time. Oh, the fun the kids had running. And my family cheered them every step of the way. That was the beginning. But I didn't have any direction or even any idea of how I was going to continue this process with my kids. So I just did what any other able parent would do and probably is doing today. I trained my own kids. I found a track. I came up with all the workouts. And even though they were little kids, it wasn't like a strenuous stuff. But I mean, I set some kind of structure for them um, and introduced them to the different sports. So by the time they were ready for middle school, they had already had several years of training under their belt. And their middle school year was when I was introduced to club track. Because I kind of put that on the back burner. Um, I would like to thank... Ann Emmerich, who introduced us to club track, she saw in my kids, because my kids ran a track with her daughter in middle school, the potential that my four girls had and introduced me to an organization that uh, we were a part of for a short amount of time. And I was baptized by fire into the world of track and field, youth track and field that is. Because I knew everything about track and field, but not youth track and field. The team we ran for brought out the best in me and the worst in me. 
So let's look at the worst in me. During those times, my logic and my reality did not align. My biggest weakness became patience because I wanted to see my kids' successes happen too quickly. You're probably asking, how bad did it get, Coach Lincoln? I think it got pretty bad when wanting my kids to be the best went to my head. I became that parent that yelled in a condescending way when my kids weren't running the way I trained them. I was never pleased, even when they had successes. I was that parent. How can I phrase this? Let me say this again. I became that parent that you wanted to choke. Yes. Call 1-800-CHOKE-A-MOM. Because I talked to my kids in a belittling way, never satisfied. I was that parent that people wanted to shut up because I yelled while my kids were running, go, you better get there. They're coming, run, run, run. What are you doing? Get up there. Let's go. Now that I look back, I thought I was encouraging my kids. But the tone and the attitude that I took with those words were not taken in a positive light. It's embarrassing when I look back. Track and field was no longer fun for my kids. And a few of them wanted to quit. This was the bad side of living that track life. I was just too blinded by wanting my kids to be the best in youth track, to see the mental damage that was being done. The bad got downright ugly. And I think the lowest point of the ugly, because that bad turned into the ugly, the lowest point of being coach mom was when I told my children that they could not participate in track or even go to the Junior Olympics or any of the meets if they didn't want to be a part of track because 
I wasn't, and this is true. I spoke these words to my kids. I was not going to pay for a spectator. That is just a low blow for kids. You cannot give up on track. You cannot quit. And if you do, here's your consequence for giving up on something that I love. And you should love too. That was my mindset. That was the downright ugly part. And it was devastating to my kids. Detrimental to them as well. My kids had no choice but to run. And boy, did it get ugly from there. They rebelled during practice and they didn't want to train. I remember taking my kid to uh, practice and one of the coaches told me to get my kid off the track because they didn't want to train. That was a waste of their time. Embarrassed by that coach. I think I went home and grounded that kid for the supper. Like, if you're not going to do track, then you're not going to have anything. No privileges, no nothing. That was the ugly side of me. So what's the lesson here, Coach Lincoln? It takes a brave soul to look at his or her weaknesses. And author Michael Mickey Williams Jr. once said, some bigger, some smaller, we all have made the same mistakes in our lives, but it's not about how many or how big the mistakes we have made. It's about how you look at your life and your future without them. There has there are so many aspects to living that track life. And if you want to know where to start, you should start by researching the good, the bad, and the ugly side of track and field. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a parent. If I would have known to look into those things, I could have saved a lot of time, energy, resources, finances, and relationships easily because of what I have learned through these years and how effective I've become. But there's always a but to this side. Without these challenges or your weaknesses, without those things, parenting and coaching mistakes, without those, I don't think that I would 
be able to teach others about these pitfalls and share the relationships that were damaged because of those mistakes. It's okay to want to be the best. It's okay. But there is a positive way of achieving your personal best. One thing I know that is true. Well, I don't know that it's true, but for me, this is an absolute true that I've seen throughout my parenting, coaching, teaching, and being an athlete. Athletes want to be their best, but they want that element of fun. And I've learned the hard way and have caused several of my kids and athletes to hate the sport of track and field because I've taken that element away. Coaches want to be the best. Not only for their athletes, but for themselves. But there must be an element of fun. And I've learned this the hard way and have caused several of my coach friends to push away from being coaches or even causing their athletes and my own athletes to stop running or run from a, or join another organization or run for another coach um, because of that element of fun. Parents want their children to be the best, want to give them opportunities that are far advanced than what they've experienced. But again, there has to be an element of fun. If we take that element away, what is that purpose? Why are we doing it? You know, the happiness that fun brings needs to stay in there. In my closing thought, I hope that through my life, living that track life every day, um, and that I'm able to share, hopefully shares insight for you so that you can avoid those pitfalls that I've gone through. Find more on living that track life. And if you are listening on your phone, make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss out on part two of this two-part series of beginning the beginning of Track Mom. Because you get to listen to my kids. You won't just hear my voice, but you get to hear my kids' side of Coach Mom. So thank you for joining and tune in next time on Living That Track Life.